Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers, and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Hey friends, and welcome back to Moving Mountains. This episode is very exciting because we have one of my very dear friends, Miss Becca Luna, on with us. Becca, say hey. Hi. <laughs> Becca and I have known each other since 2014, right? Mm-hmm. Working so. at Pines in Texas. And then um, she came up to Alaska also. So we have been good friends for a while. So I'm super excited to have you on. Um, but before you jump into your introduction story, Bernadette, you have a question for us. I do. I do. So um, we just like to start each episode off with a very important question and you get to answer it first. So my question is, would you rather be too hot or too cold? Oh, easy. Too cold. 100% too cold. <laughs> I, yes, even though I get cold really easily, I would 100% always choose too cold. And you're moving to Texas? <laughs> it's a it's a temporary unknown future. Okay. The Lord is still working. We'll see where I end up after these five months. But yes, in theory, yes. Well, air conditioning, right? Yeah. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, Becca, I'm right there with you. I would much rather be too cold. And actually, in our discernment of whether staying in Alaska or moving to Texas, <laughs> one of the things was, would I rather live in extreme heat or extreme cold? Because those are the two options. <laughs> and after yeah. visiting Texas in June, I was like, yeah, extreme cold. Yep. <laughs> Especially if I'm going to be pregnant in Texas. <laughs> right. What about you, Margaret? I don't know how people live in the South, in Arizona in the summer. I'm all about too cold. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's winter. Sorry for when this is airing, but it's winter currently. And it's 40 degrees and it feels really warm to me. So oh, yeah. You guys are probably thinking, oh, she's not. Oh, true. Alaskan it's, now. It's, almost too, it's too warm for winter, okay? Um, so hopefully you get some snow again, but. How about you, you, Berna? I think you all know my answer. Yes, Yes, I saw a guy running last night in shorts. And, you know, it's like so icy out right now that you're like skating everywhere you go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I will never be truly Alaskan. (laughs) I would definitely rather be too warm than too cold anytime. Um, I don't mind being hot. I don't mind humidity. I'd rather just walk around bare feet in shorts and a tank top all day and sip lemonade and... You know, eat ice chips. So, what's the the joke that Kyle makes is that you embrace global warming? Yeah, he's like he's like the one Alaskan that prays for global warming. Yeah, that, when we warm. were engaged, there's like the those heat. questionnaire things that they do, and um, mm-hmm. it was like, where if Bernadette could live anywhere, where would she want to live? And his answer to that was like the equator or as close to the surface of the sun <laughs> as she could get. Accurate. <laughs> And I yet wonder, she lives in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here we are. And I, of, I still love it. <laughs> Proves you can yeah. thrive anywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> one of the summers that I was in, or one of the winters I was in Alaska, we went out in the middle of the lake when it was snowing in shorts. 
And that was one of those moments that I was like, never will I do that again. Never could <laughs> I have imagined that that would be a thing I did. But that's like my shining star of like, oh, yeah, I can do the cold. I went in out in the middle of the frozen lake in short. <laughs> well, I can do it. Good for you. And well, we would actually love to hear more about you, Becca. So if you wouldn't mind, could you just hop into, into introducing yourself to our guests? Of course. Yes. So my name is Rebecca. I am originally from Texas, but then have kind of moved around since college, have gone to a bunch of different places and things like that. Um, I was in Texas most of my life, was a summer camper and then camp counselor at a camp in Texas. And then decided one year that I was going to go up to Alaska to work at the Catholic camp in Alaska called St. Therese. And then when I graduated from college, I decided to keep being a missionary and keep doing camp things and was, lived at a summer camp in Georgia called Cove Crest for an entire year and did mission for a year after graduating um, and just got to really live camp life across my, as a summer camp counselor or as a summer camper, that was my dream. My whole entire life was to someday be at camp. And then the Lord surprised me 14 years later. And I got to do that for a full year. And right now I'm currently in the process. By the time this airs, I'll probably actually know where I'm going to be. But currently, <laughs> currently I'm in the process of moving from North Carolina, where I was a youth minister, back to Texas, where my whole family lives, um, just to rest and be with family and support system and be with the Lord as I continue to heal. And I'll get more into that in the story, but just continuing to heal and let modern medicine and the Lord continue to work in my body, but always has some, some new thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll get to be back with family for a little while. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. Thanks for sharing. You can just yeah. hop into your story then. Yeah. We're excited. So I, like I said, I was from Texas. I grew up playing soccer. That was my, that was my thing. Soccer from kindergarten through senior year of high school. Um, and while also playing soccer, I was also the the really sick kid, the kid who was just every month had something different. Every week had something different, always sick, but kind of just kept going. And we never had any idea what was going on. And then high school, get a bunch of concussions. But this is back in 2011 when we didn't really know what concussions were yet so (laughs) I just kind of kept playing I took a couple days off of practice and then was like okay well let's keep playing and later on ended up having migraines and then went to college and had back pain and stomach pain and everything across the board and I just thought it was because I went to Nebraska for college and I didn't end up staying there for very long so a lot of that was me just telling myself that oh it's just it's just where I went to school that's why I'm so sick um, ended up transferring and going to a school in Texas called University of Dallas, near where my family is and where I grew up. Um, and all through college, the like main big hard things that were happening were um, I had a really intense stomach disease that get, had a lot of food allergies and a lot of just stomach condition in general. Um, I was for when it was flared up, I wasn't able to keep much food inside of my body. And so I was eating a lot of applesauce and drinking smoothies and Pedialyte was my best friend. I was known for carrying around my like giant jug of Pedialyte with me all the time. And that was so stomach. And then I also had um, like spine problems throughout college, ended up having two spine surgeries. Nice. And my, I had two, I had herniated discs, had surgery for it went to Alaska, was prayed over, 
surgery ended up working, relapsed, had to have surgery again. And then at the end of college, my surgeon was like, okay, this is the plan. We're going, when you graduate from college, we are going to have spinal fusion, which is not what you want to hear at 24 years old, that you're going to have to have this major surgery that's going to change your whole life. But I had convinced my doctor, I said, I'm going to be a missionary for a year. The day I leave Georgia and come back to Texas, we can have this spine surgery. And I had spent that whole year just growing in my trust and what the Lord was doing in my life and being sick and carrying my cross and all of these things and had continued to just feel like I was getting so much further in my faith and growing so much. And then I stepped onto the camp that I was going to be living at for a year and the Lord just broke open all of that and everything that I thought I had was in a good place and was carrying my suffering well. But the biggest things were that the Lord was like, I have so much more that I want to do in your life and I just need you to let me mm-hmm. and just letting go of me feeling like I had to keep going. I had to be strong enough while being sick. I had to be able to do all of the things that I wanted to do. And that meant that I was still okay. And that meant that I was still on the right track and still doing the Lord's will because I was able to do this crazy thing or able to do this thing that my friends were able to do. Um, because I was found myself in this cycle of, I was in chronic pain, but I was also in chronic avoidance of how bad the pain was. Mm-hmm. And so it was just in this, in this moment of, or in this year, basically of just trying to be strong enough and to be a missionary for a year. And when I get home, I can be sick again, even though I was very sick. <laughs> and this is something that's just happened my whole, like, it was just a thing that I had been doing for so many years that I was like, okay, it's just another year. I'm going to be really sick, but the Lord's still going to carry me through the whole year. But we went on a retreat at the beginning of my mission year. And one of the women on the retreat at the very beginning of her talk, she said, if you think that you don't need healing, you're wrong on this side of heaven. We, ha- we need it constantly mm-hmm. of just, and it kind of hit me, but not until later on that I remembered what she had said. And that's when I really realized those words. Like, if you don't think that you need healing, you're wrong because on this side of heaven, we need it constantly. We're always needing healing. And that was when I like started stepping back and realizing that I was doing a lot of, oh yes, this is my sickness, but not actually how am I doing or what is going on or how I'm actually feeling or suffering or any of those things. Cause I just had this idea that I had to be some certain way and I had to be in pain, but be smiling or be suffering, but then also like, but it's going to be okay versus actually letting the Lord speak into those things that were happening. And I went on a silent retreat and on this retreat, it was an eight day silent retreat, which I was very terrified about going on because I am extroverted to an nth degree. I could talk to a wall forever and ever and ever, (laughs) but for eight days, I was going to be silent and just be with myself and with the Lord. But it was really the like be with myself part that was stressing me out. That I couldn't talk to someone else and I'm an external processor and just everything about me is other people. And so then I went into the silent retreat and every day there was, um, we had a one hour conference with a spiritual director who kind of walked through our prayer over the retreat and how we were doing. And they would always ask us every day, okay, this is awesome. Love hearing about your prayer. This will be your next couple prayer, um, holy hours. 
how are you doing? How are you feeling? Do you need anything? And those are the questions that I really didn't like on the retreat. Everything else, I could tell her about my prayer. I could talk about the funny thing that happened when I accidentally bumped into someone at lunch. All of the things that I could talk about, but it was the how are you feeling and what do you need that really hit me. And those are things that I still, it's still like a big part of my life now in my story. But one of the days she said, how are you feeling? What do you need? And I had told her that my stomach was not great and I had been really sick all day, but it was okay because that's just my stomach disease. And that's just something that I had. And that's just something that I was going to continue having. So I said, oh, but it's okay. I feel pretty sick today, but it's okay. I'm fine. And she pushed me to pray with the visitation and specifically the nothing is impossible for God, which was the part about when the angel is telling Mary that Elizabeth is pregnant and such her in her older in her older years and that nothing is impossible for God. And that line just kept hitting me. And I prayed with it for the next four holy hours. I did not do what I was supposed to be doing. I just was constantly going back to this. Nothing is impossible for God. And my spiritual director had told me that all the spiritual directors were going to pray over me that night. And I did everything I could to convince myself not to go. (laughs) I was like, I can't, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I don't need to go there just because I was so afraid. And I didn't know why I was afraid, Mm -hmm. but I went to the conference and then afterwards stood around while everyone was leaving the room. And my spiritual director then had me sit down in the room and all of the other spiritual directors came over and they started praying over me and, it was this most intense prayer I'd ever had. And I had been working at summer camps for many years and I had been a part of campus ministry in college, but it was that moment of, I was no longer hiding from anything. There was nothing besides just me and the Lord and the way that he loved me and saying that there's nothing impossible, that nothing was impossible for him to do. And I had no idea what was going to happen. They were praying over me and I finally just let go and let go of this idea that I had to be the one who was strong enough to keep going while being sick. And I felt this warmth rush over my whole entire body, just completely over the entire thing and peace that I'd never felt before. And I, they finished praying and they asked how I was doing. I said, I'm very warm and peaceful and kind of giddy. But it was as I was walking back to my room that night that I was just like struck with this image of the Lord of him walking up in front of me and placing his hand on my spine and saying, this has been healed. Mm. And it just, my whole entire life just like paused for a second. of just like the Lord walking up and placing his hand on my spine and saying it had been healed. And the heat and warmth that I felt over my whole body was all in my back. And the pain that I had had for on and off for six years was completely gone entirely. All of the pain all of the pain down my leg, the pain in my back, the pain in my hips, everything completely gone. And I stood there for probably 20 minutes because if, or what felt like 20 minutes of just standing there looking up at the stars and just like feeling this overwhelming peace of the Lord that I had never felt in my entire life. And they hadn't even been praying for my stomach, but the Lord, or they'd been praying for my stomach, but the Lord knew in that moment that I was ready to receive this healing of my spine. Mm-hmm. even though I didn't know I was ready for it and didn't even know it was something that I was desiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so then they said, my search director, the next day I talked to her, she said, how are you doing? How are you feeling? 
And I said, I'm ready to go on a run. I'm ready to go <laughs> jump in the lake. I'm ready to go do all the things that I had been told by wheels. <laughs> right. All the things that doctors told me that I would not do again, really ever in my life. Hmm. Uh, I'm ready to go do these things. And she said, well, it's only day four of the retreat. You have four more days of silence. And if you start running, everyone else will be in panic because they will know something happened because you're not supposed to be running. So you have to just breathe, take a second, be with mm -hmm. the Lord, spend the next four days in Thanksgiving. And then the day you get out, you can go on a run. You can go do mm -hmm. those things. So then it was these four days of me taking all of that desire to go and do all the things I couldn't do. And just like going back to all the things and all the moments that all of the moments in the past couple of years that I had been trying to do anything that I thought was impossible and it all being shattered completely because the Lord had just shown me the things that I thought were so called impossible. He was like, that doesn't even begin to cut what right. I can do and what I want to do in you and through you. So we get out of the silent retreat and I tell all the girls in the mission house that I'm living in what happened. And I kind of just, I was like, this happened on the retreat and my spine was healed and that, and then I prayed with this thing and everyone stopped me and said, wait, did you just say your spine was healed? <laughs> and then realized that this was a lot bigger of a, because it, it became this, just a part of the eight days. So when I think of my retreat and I think of the Lord and my love for the Lord and the way that I trust him, it all goes back to that moment of standing there with him looking at me and saying, this has been healed and that nothing is impossible for him. And so then go home for Christmas break, tell my family, my family thinks it's insane and wild and want me to go to the doctor. And they're like, are you sure you can go on this run? I don't know. I know that the Lord healed, you said you Lord healed it, but can you go on this run? And just a lot of like trying to figure out how to put it into terms of what happened on the retreat and being so confident in what the Lord had done and letting that become a part of my like everyday speech in my life of, oh, the Lord is capable of everything and things that I don't even realize he's capable of. And go back for the rest of the mission year and going to summer, my, I still had the stomach disease and it had kind of continued to get worse and worse and a lot, the stress and the being tired and living for living mission life. And my stomach continued to get worse and worse and to the point of the beginning of summer, I was pretty much only eating applesauce and mm -hmm. drinking water and making smoothies for myself. So I'd be in the dining hall with everyone. They'd be eating chicken Parmesan and I would have my smoothie or the apple or the oatmeal that I was eating for that meal. And so it was really felt very at peace with the Lord and with my role for the summer and getting to lead college students as they're leading the high schoolers, but felt so weak and with, but just felt like, okay, so this is my cross and I have to keep carrying it and I'm just going to carry it while the summer and I'm going to smile, even though I have no energy in me and nothing left to give. And we're going into the second half of summer and we're eating a family dinner all together and I'm with the other full-time missionaries and we're about to go give a talk about letting the Lord lead us and be the one who's strong in us. And so I'm getting ready to lead this talk and talking about suffering and suffering well and carrying it well and getting ready to go into it. And they all asked, and I was just drinking my smoothie and they all asked, can we pray over you that you can eat 
that you can eat this food and keep it in your body for this talk so that you can give this talk and you have a strength and energy. And I said, okay, sure. Yeah, that sounds great. Not expecting or thinking about anything that the Lord could do as I'm about to give a talk on that he is the God of the impossible and can do anything. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like, okay, sure. Yes, we can, you guys can pray over me. That sounds great. But didn't really anticipate that the Lord was about to just change my entire existence again without me even realizing it was a possibility as I'm getting ready for that talk. So they prayed over me and I ended up eating more food than I was expecting that meal. And I ate it and I didn't feel sick afterwards. And then I got up the next morning and I had breakfast and I didn't feel sick Mm. and ate the next meal and ate the next meal. And I remember, so that was on Friday. I walked into the office on Monday in awe that the Lord had given me a whole weekend where I could eat food and I could get to go and do the fun camp things on the weekend and not have to take a nap. And we get to mass on Wednesday. And something that's important to me is that the Lord loves to speak to me and to love me through the rain. And my, anybody who knows me well knows that a lot of times when I come somewhere, the rain also comes and it's the Lord speaking to me. Uh, One of my friends jokes that I'll make people love the rain because the Lord loves me through the rain. So it rains a lot. Just a lot of my prayer revolves around rain. So we go into mass on Wednesday and it's bright and sunny. We're sitting in mass and the homily, I don't remember. I don't remember what the readings were, what the gospel was for this camp mass, but the entire homily was about believing the Lord is capable of the impossible and that there's nothing impossible for God. And which was not the, was not the gospel for that day, but the priest felt very called to pray with this idea that he is the God of the impossible and that he is the one who's strong within us. And I walk up to receive communion. And as I'm walking up, just felt this overwhelming peace flow over me and warmth flow over me. And in just heard the Lord saying the words, I fully healed your stomach. When will you believe that I can? Mm. And it starts pouring rain, torrential <laughs> downpour raining. And I, <laughs> I I'm bawling, complete bawling. No, I'm just hearing what the Lord said, then receiving communion. And then I'm trying to walk back and I see all of the full-time missionaries who are sitting in our section and I'm walking back and all of them are just looking at me. They were like, and afterwards they all said, what happened? Something big happened. We could feel it. It Mm. started pouring rain while it was sunny. There was no cloud in the sky and it started pouring rain. And I remember walking out just like in it peace. That was the only thing that I can describe it as. I was so overwhelmed and overcome that I cried, I think, for the entire rest of the day, just off and on crying of just seeing like, not only did the Lord heal my spine, not only did he do these other things, but this wasn't too much. Mm. And I didn't believe that until that moment, because my stomach being sick was always the thing that I said, oh, he's capable of healing my spine, of miraculously healing this. He's capable of healing these people in front of me. He's capable of all of these other things, but this is too much. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the thing that I will carry always. And the Lord is like, when will you believe that I am capable of everything and I want to give you everything? And I went to the next day. I had my my off day for summer camp and I walked into a coffee shop because I was going to get coffee and celebrate. And I was still just experiencing this 
peace and overwhelming joy. And I'm walking into the coffee shop and there's a pop-up ice cream stand, one weekend only, homemade ice cream. And I said, this is insane. There's no way that there's ice cream at this coffee shop. I've lived here for an entire year. Never have we had ice cream, but I hadn't had ice cream in many, many years. And it's my favorite food. So I told myself, okay, (laughs) if I have the right amount of money in my wallet, if I have the right amount of cash and coins in my wallet, I'll get this ice cream. And that'll be my first, my first food since the Lord told me he healed my stomach. Hmm. So I walk up to go ask, how much would it be for this scoop and a waffle cone. I was going very crazy. And <laughs> yeah. she told me it was all the sprinkles. <laughs> right. I want everything and only if I have all the money for it. So they, she tells me, she, goes, she says, okay, it's 347. And I open my wallet and all of my credit cards, driver's license, everything's gone. It's just $3 and 47 cents oh, in my, my wallet. <laughs> and I said, there's no way this is happening. And I start crying and just, she hands me the ice cream and I go sit outside on the front porch and I'm crying, eating ice cream. And I'm sure anyone who walked by thought I had just gotten broken up with or like was just falling apart. Something was really wrong. And I was sitting there crying into my ice cream. Um, but I got back to camp and I remember just walking into the chapel and kneeling down and just like looking at Jesus and seeing this man up on the cross and feeling so overcome with this peace and this knowledge that like even the things that I thought were mine to carry were still his that he was carrying with me mm-hmm. and were still the things that he was walking with me in. And it took me letting go and letting him actually see me to let him take those things and let him carry them for me. And that it wasn't, despite being sick or yeah it wasn't despite being sick or just in spite of having some of these but it was like in and through was where he was walking with me and it wasn't until I gave them back to him that then he healed me in a way that I could never have imagined and miraculously healed me and even and even now like I see friends for the first time in a long time and they say how's your stomach are you still able to eat this do you have any food allergies or anything and it's still like every time I get to talk about it every time it comes up it's still like the miracle is still continuing to happen every single day. And it has changed my brain to be in this place of like, these things are still happening. We are still experiencing these miracles and I'm still experiencing my spine being healed and my stomach being healed and brain and all of the other things that he's done through me and in me and in front of me, like they're all still happening right now, every single day. Wow. Amen. (laughs) Wow. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for sharing your story. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just curious, how long ago was like, the, how long ago was the stomach mm-hmm. healing? My stomach was healed 4th of July weekend, 2021. Okay. Mm-hmm. So coming up on, coming up on uh, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The One of my favorite moments I've had since then was Thanksgiving sitting down with my whole family eating Thanksgiving in the year before I had had a smoothie at Thanksgiving dinner Ugh. and then sitting down and get, putting everything on my plate. And they'd all, I had told everybody at this point, but I was putting stuff on my plate and we say grace and we say what we're thankful for. And I start eating and I look up and everyone is silent and everyone, there's just tears uh-huh. and uh-huh. people just like getting to experience it with me then. But it happened. Yeah. Summer of 2021. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, one question I have is like, 
did you, especially at the beginning, um, have any, any doubt that it was going to come back? Like, you know, mm, and, mm-hmm. and, and with your back as well. Um, yeah. But with both and how you had thought at first, oh, it's just the weekend, you know, like mm-hmm. God just gave me this weekend to like celebrate. Right. Yeah. Um, but just like going to bed and being like, okay, tomorrow, like I might wake up and my back pain might come back or, mm-hmm. you know, I might not be able to have all the food again tomorrow. Um, and right. if that was the case, what ad- advice would you give to anyone who might be in that mindset of anything that they've experienced that the Lord has taken away um, in a positive sense mm-hmm. that they don't have to keep doubting or keep thinking like, well, he took it away today, but it might come back tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, with with both of them and with all the things that the Lord has healed, the ways that he's healed my body and like healed the people around me who I've gotten to see different miracles occur. I think that the biggest thing is that, that nothing discounts the miracle that he has done, even if it was just for a moment. And getting to see the ways that like in my heart, when I felt a lot of spiritual attack or I felt like I wasn't doing a good job or those things like the fear of my stomach is I'm going to get sick again, or I'm going, my spine is going to start hurting again, or all of Mm. these things. Like that's always my natural inclination is that, Oh, I'm not in a great place right now. So these things are going to come back. Like these things are going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of fear with my stomach of, I am really struggling right now. And so that's going to be the first thing that comes back is my stomach is going to, I'm going to be sick again. And the, I think that like the biggest thing for me is recognizing that even if it had come back or even if I did get sick or even if I got normal person sick versus stomach disease sick, um, cause I got food poisoning a couple months later and my, I was in just like I was so scared and so sad because I told myself oh you're sick again Mm -hmm. it it didn't happen and it's so it was so easy for those two days that I was sick to try to convince myself that it didn't it hadn't actually happened and that it was back Mm -hmm. but when I took a step back and I like went back and sat and I was like everything that the Lord has done is real and it is true And nothing will discount that regardless of what happens in the future of like, even if I were to get hurt again in the future, even if I were to get sick, that nothing discounts the miracles that the Lord has done, even if it was just for a moment, but those miracles are gifts from him because he's a good giver and he knew that we needed them then. And he knows that we still need them now. And even though my spine had been healed, if I were to get hurt in the future, if something were to happen again, nothing discounts that he had already done that. And then he's capable of doing it again. He's mm-hmm. capable of doing even more again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's really beautiful because we've actually talked a lot on this podcast about how the miracle isn't actually what we're searching for. It's not the end game. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like we need this miraculous event and then I'll right. have faith or right. then I'll mm-hmm. be fully healed. Mm-hmm. No, like we still keep living in this world and still continue right. daily life and experience joys yeah. and sufferings. And we've talked about how Lazarus was raised from the dead and then died years mm-hmm. later or who knows how long. <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's a really beautiful point. Um, and I'm just curious, 
I know you had mentioned that spinal surgeon and you said, you know, mm -hmm. the day camp's done, I'm going to come get the surgery. Did you ever follow up with him? So they somewhat, yes, it, because it was end of COVID, I was supposed to fall, get another MRI and it just didn't end up happening, but I did get to tell them about it and got to tell the story and, um, they were in awe and shocked. And these doctors had no idea what was going on there. A lot of, I've heard that from a lot of my doctors because I had, was figuring out the ways to tell these doctors, oh yes, these are the, I know that I've been diagnosed with these sicknesses, but they're gone because they were healed. And figuring out the ways to talk about it with these <laughs> doctors, um, um, like being very real to what the Lord is doing, but also not wanting to sound um, crazy. And so like finding the ways to talk about it with the doctors and um, doing the tests and doing these things to get them for them to be able to see it with their own eyes. And like, I've sent, I wrote out all of the healing stories and I sent it to all of my doctors and months later at appointments in the future or through an email or through the doctor portals that I have, they've all collectively responded with, this is amazing. Thank you for sharing. I needed to hear this wow. or something along those lines. And just like finding the way to tell the story of these are the things the Lord has done. And there is no part of me that wants to hide what he has done. And even if it's because I'm afraid to tell a story that people won't mm -hmm. believe those things. But like that was probably another big thing of leaving the mission year and stepping back into what felt more like the rest of the world and mm -hmm. figuring out the way to tell these stories of to tell the doctors and to tell the people and to tell my family and to tell everyone in front of me, the ways that the Lord has healed my body and the ways that he's still healing and he's still mm -hmm. moving. Even though I'm still sick, he still did those things to heal me. And even though I'm still having treatments for other sicknesses, he still did those things and he's still capable of doing more. Yeah. Wow. Amen. That's faith, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, you know, when, as I'm listening to your story, one thing that I'm thinking about is our physical pain so often mm -hmm. represents the spiritual, mm -hmm. um, I guess, roadblocks that yes. like the Lord wants to move. He wants to move those mountains. He wants to heal them. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it can be something metaphorically, let's say, you know, someone has a very guarded, closed off heart, but it's really mm -hmm. just because they're afraid of what it means to open up and be vulnerable mm -hmm. um, or, mm -hmm. you know, afraid of commitment. But really there's just so many deep layers behind what that fear is actually from. And, mm -hmm. it, and it always goes back to some desire that the Lord right. has placed in our hearts and he wants to fill. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious for you, like looking back and like, if, if maybe you see those diseases, even as security blankets, you know, like, mm -hmm. no, this is a part of me, like the Lord can touch everything, but like, yes. I'm just going to be a really good, <laughs> I'm going to be a really good Christian and carry mm -hmm. my daily cross. And like, this isn't something he needs to touch. I've got this, you know, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Just back on that, I'm just curious if you can see like what security blankets he wanted to pull off um, and maybe what what you were afraid of that kept you like yeah. holding that around you so tight. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And just looking back now, seeing like what he was doing through all of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. That was I think because it happened while I was spending a year of just like being very intentional in my relationship with the Lord, I couldn't hide from okay, these things happened. Great. Now I'm perfect. And now I'm healed. And now I can just continue on. 
So there's a lot of going back and unraveling those pieces of my heart and the things that I was afraid of before the healing and before he did these things. And as I like looked back at the story, there was the, there was a couple different stages. It was the, I'm sick, suffering and suffering well and redemptive suffering. And then the, the Lord miraculously healed my body. And then later on was the accepting that it was real and accepting that it happened. And so like going back through these different parts of my heart in my life after the miraculous healings and the ways that the Lord healed my body, that he was really healing my heart more so than anything else. And I could see these miraculous, I couldn't see them, but I could see the results of the healings. Um, but I couldn't see the ways that my heart was being healed mm-hmm. until I stopped trying to just stop trying to figure it all out and just let him figure these things out and realizing that I was a chronic avoiding how I was actually doing and how I was actually feeling because I had this deep fear of being a burden and that me being sick meant that I would be a burden to the people that I was with. And so whether that was people having to make a special meal for me because I had food allergies to everything being served or not being able to do the work projects, not being able to carry luggage or not being able to do whatever the physical task was in front of me because it would hurt my back and trying to find ways around, oh, I can't do these things. So I'm going to do all these other things to not be a burden or to like compensate for these things are hard. So I'm going to do all these other things. And after the Lord had healed those, had healed my stomach and had healed my spine, I was face first with this fear that, was still still kind of there, not in the same way, but figuring out like that that fear had played into so many different parts of my life and my heart of I was so afraid to be a burden to the people around me, even the people who loved me, and that it was easy to compensate when I had the physical sufferings that I was doing. But once those were gone, I realized I still had that fear of being a burden mm-hmm. and this fear of like, being left because I'm a burden and being too much because I'm a burden. Um, and it was after all the all of these other things that I was hiding behind were gone that the Lord would say, Rebecca, you are mine and you are not a burden. You are not a burden to me. You are not a burden because of those things happen. And, and because those things are gone doesn't mean that that's why you're not a burden anymore. You never were. And you never are. Mm-hmm. And so just like all of those things, miraculous things happened and those things that I was hiding behind were stripped away. So that was like such a a real way, like good way to describe Mm -hmm. it of those are my security blankets I was hiding behind. And then I was face first with what I was actually struggling with. And the Lord just slowly and tenderly using the people in front of me and using those moments to show me that I in fact wasn't a burden and that he was doing so much through me and in me and me being afraid to look at those parts of my heart was actually just pulling me away from him, even though I felt like I was doing a good job of suffering well, but he was like, no, but I just want you to be near me. And I want you to let me show you all the ways that I'm working through you and in you and letting go of that fear and unraveling like the parts of the, of my heart that were wrapped around that. And that I'd wrapped being sick into all of that. And so just mm-hmm. the real unraveling of everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you feel like, um, cause when you were talking about suffering and just kind of doing it with a smile on your face, just, you know, getting mm-hmm. through it, that really reminded me of a lot of the saints and their mm-hmm. suffering and, um, mm-hmm. blessed, 
blessed Chiara Badano, she refused morphine when she had cancer so that she could really, you know, suffer through her cancer, but offer that suffering up. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm hearing this, I'm thinking like, wow, that's so saintly, you know? Um, but then you also, you know, the Lord, he didn't take away the suffering of certain saints. They mm-hmm. just did it. And then they died and went to heaven and became saints. But for right. you in this, in this scenario, he did take away those sufferings. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you just talked all about just having to be closer to the Lord. Um, mm-hmm. So did you feel like before when you were just suffering and like trying to smile through it, you were kind of trying to be like the saints, but it was in a sense, almost like a false humility almost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. I like process out loud. Don't <laughs> I? <laughs> My questions are they questions or well honestly I have a response to that unless Beck yeah anything. no yeah well, I was just thinking about the beauty of faith but you know you're, you're carrying this cross and you have this this thing that's painful and mm-hmm. sometimes we carry it and we're like oh no this is just my cross this is my burden and I'm gonna have to carry it forever and God ultimately probably doesn't want that for us I mean it just depends on the person and their situation mm-hmm. but um. Honestly, Becca, a lot of what you said made me think of a friend of mine who was suffering with physical things for a long time. And I remember asking her once, I said, do you want healing? And she's like, I don't know. This is so much a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. That she was afraid to, to let go. And eventually I do believe, right. you know, she had to have some surgeries and stuff and she's doing a lot better. But just thinking about the fact of mm-hmm. you know, humility versus, and I think humility is also we have to be faithful in our humility, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, well, no, no, I have this cross and I'm fine. I mean, I think it's super courageous right. that you even went to camp for a year with mm-hmm. the physical issues and not letting that stop you from doing God's work because mm-hmm. in the midst of that, you may, like, you wouldn't have been healed. It, it sounds to me, and mm-hmm. actually a question I have for you, it's, it's you know, of course, maybe you wanted healing, but it sounds like your fellow volunteers were the ones who like, yes. can't we pray for you? Mm-hmm. And they had this faith because they wanted you to be healed. And I don't know, maybe they wanted it more than you. Mm. Um, and that's not a judgment mm-hmm. at all. It's just kind of one of those things. Like, you know, think of the paralytic right. who. Yeah. I was just lowered, thinking that. Yeah. 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 That's what I, man. It's like, that you know, it, yeah. you're like, yes, he probably mm-hmm. wanted it so bad. But if he didn't have those friends right. with that oh, faith. Just like, I'm paralyzed. This is my life. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then his friends around him are like, no, well, we heard about this Jesus guy. Yeah. You know, we want something so. better for you. Did, yeah. did you have mm-hmm. a question for Becca in that? <laughs> I just want, I know you said questions, so I, want, I didn't want to dive in and say something. Um, so, well, I'll just give you back. Yeah. Too, um, well, all this is making me think about, which might be valuable to our listeners mm-hmm. is that, you know, again, we're not all just about like, let's just like drive and drive and drive and try to get this constant healing. Yes. You no, know, like the Lord does cause some of us to suffer. Like there are great mm-hmm. saints who endured so much suffering. Mm-hmm. And yet we're hearing this beautiful story of some of your sufferings that were miraculously healed. Mm-hmm. And one of my thoughts is that, you know, the Lord, he will actually work individually. And it sounds like yes. for you, the physical healing, he said, okay, I want to heal these, these wounds in your heart. And to mm-hmm. get to that, I'm going to take off some of these physical layers that are just a yes. part of this world, but mm-hmm. it will open up the door to the way I actually want to heal you. And, you know, yes. maybe some of these saints, you know, mm-hmm. we think about the stigmata, like 
St. Padre Pio, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Blessed Chiara, or is it St. now? Well, I think she's Blessed. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, just thinking about those scenarios, those may have been places where, like, their suffering was actually in pure union with God and actually uniting themselves to his cross. And he was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to allow you to suffer in this space out of love for me because it wasn't necessarily um, that like security blanket that they were holding onto the right. suffering as a way to avoid fully opening up to him. And so mm-hmm. they're, you know, the Lord, we will never understand. It will always right. be a great mystery as to why some miracles happen and some don't, and some prayers mm-hmm. are answered in the way that you want them to be. And some aren't. Right. Um, and so just with that thought, yeah. Becca, I would love to hear if you have any advice, if anybody's listening to this and praying for mm-hmm. healing or, you know, someone who's desired healing for years and hasn't experienced right. that, um, mm-hmm. or someone who, I don't know, just is in your shoes as well and is experiencing yeah. that security blanket. Just any mm-hmm. of people who might be listening, do you have any thoughts or yeah. advice? Yeah. A lot of what all three of you have said just now is like very much a part of my, has been a part of my prayer and almost like my recovery from the healings, which mm-hmm. sounds very wild, mm-hmm. but there's so much, like so much of my heart was healed. And so there was so much more than the physical healing of those things happened, but then there was so much more healing that was coming. So it was almost like this recovery period of, okay, so these things happened, but like now how is the Lord going to like almost fill those spaces of the things that I was holding so tightly. Um, But I think that the biggest things that I needed was the people, the people around me, like finding the people who are going to bring, who are going to walk with you Mm -hmm. through, the hard and walk with you through the day and the every day and also through like the moments that you don't want to be real and you don't want to actually recognize how hard it is but having those people like finding the people who will walk through it because even jesus had people help him carry the cross yeah and Mm -hmm. just like every single and like each person and um each person who's it who encountered jesus was also someone who's walking with him and mm-hmm. all of the women who were there and Veronica wiping his face and being with his mother and John the Beloved, all of those people that were with him on that day and that journey, like they all were part of the story with him. And just like the missionaries who I was with, who prayed with me, the spiritual doctors were all part of the story with me. So just like finding the place of finding the people who are going to walk with you. Cause I, like you were saying, I don't think I would have had the the, I wanted it. I wanted to be healed. I wanted the Lord to heal me, but I didn't have the, I don't know if I believed fully that it was possible yeah. until it was like, he had the people in front of me who did believe. And so it was through their, their faith that really led me to be confident that he could, and he would, and he wanted to. But also another thing is that the Lord and his, his timing is perfect. And the things that he's healed are perfect. And so I still have an auto-inflammatory disease. I still am very sick. And I'm, that's part of the reason why my life, I don't necessarily know I'm going to be at the end of the next five months, whenever that is. Um, but I'm still very sick. And he didn't heal this auto-inflammatory disease. But it doesn't discount that he healed the other things. Um, and if he wanted to, he could have healed. Like, if it was part of his plan, the Lord could have healed my entire body, every single part of my physical suffering at the same time. But if he had healed my stomach when he healed my spine, I wouldn't have recognized or believed the 
that I wasn't actually a burden and that it wasn't because I was sick. My heart wasn't ready for those things. So even though I'm still suffering and like suffering very, very much, those things that he healed needed to be healed not only for me, but for the people around me. Mm-hmm. And those things happen and those miracles happen and I'm still suffering. And it doesn't discount the fact that those miracles happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm still carrying this cross that's different than those were. But those things were healed not only for me, but for the people who got to witness and who got to see and who got to experience before and after. Yeah. But it doesn't discount the yeah. suffering now. It mm-hmm. also doesn't discount the things that happened. Yeah, you're so not going like, to not suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, you have a miraculous experience, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not discounted if you have an experience and... Right. You know, we had a car accident story and, mm-hmm. you know, being miraculously preserved in one car accident doesn't mean right. you're not going to ever yeah. have a fender bender the rest of your yeah. life. Right? It doesn't yeah, exactly. Experience. Right. Um, yeah. So even just like I, even sometimes when I have hard days, there's moments where I'm like, you know, Jesus could have healed all of this at the same time, but he didn't. And he knew that those things needed to be healed when they did and that he needed me to be in this place so that he could walk with me and he could show me what real rest looks like. And he could show me what peace looks like because I don't think I would have stopped to go live at home and be with family for the next couple of months. If I wasn't still in this place of suffering and just like Mm -hmm. the, the peace that we have when we're in his will is so much better than anywhere else. And so like being in this place of I can still suffer and I can still acknowledge and still receive and still be in Thanksgiving for all that he's done. Mm-hmm. Like still be in a place of it's still hard and there's still days that are hard, but he's still walking in it with me and he hasn't left just because those things were healed. Doesn't mean that I'm away from him. Now I'm even closer. Mm-hmm. Right. And that you're, you know, you're in Texas now with your family because mm-hmm. you can rest and be with them and you never know what the Lord will do during this time right. with you mm-hmm. in Texas and who he'll have you encounter. Right while you're in texas yeah like Mm -hmm. who knows what healing is actually in your future or we're not healing and what the lord wants Mm -hmm. to do with that like okay like we just said sometimes clearly the lord chooses to leave some suffering right in Mm -hmm. you know the lives of the saints we can always go back to those examples of like okay maybe all these other events are leading up to being able to suffer a certain way Mm -hmm. um and you know for the salvation of souls and continue your witness through suffering instead Mm -hmm. of necessarily through miraculous healing after Mm -hmm. miraculous healing. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And just going off of that, thinking about mother Teresa, who, you know, had dark night of the soul for 50 years or something like that. And and how it's like, wow, God, like mother Teresa, like how, (laughs) right. Um, but then to think Mm -hmm. now that she's passed and it's been, you know, 26 ish years since she's passed. And, and how people are still able to look at Mother Teresa and her di- dark night of the soul and what she suffered and learn from that and then find hope in that because maybe mm-hmm. that's something they're experiencing. So mm-hmm. even after we all pass, maybe, you know, maybe we'll all become great saints and people will hear of our stories or even right. if it's just our our children. lineage, mm-hmm. yeah, our children mm-hmm. or, yeah. or our grandchildren or our great-grandchildren who are like, yeah, my grandma, she suffered quite a bit or my great grandma, she yeah. suffered mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, but she, she made it through and like, these were miracles that happened to her and, and maybe I'm experiencing this thing and I have that hope 
um, mm-hmm. to look to look at and that inspiration. Yeah, that actually reminds me of what Becca, what you said. Um, we for our listeners, you probably haven't heard this before, but we kind of uh, we send out a form so that we can hear a bit about the story and the person mm-hmm. and kind of get an idea of what the message is before we decide who we have on this podcast. And one of the things that Becca said that we loved is um, like the Lord has really showed me that the acts of the apostles is still happening today. Mm-hmm. It's not just some mm-hmm. like old book yeah. in the Bible. Right. Um, and yeah. we really love that because that, you know, just what you said, Paige, it's like, it's actually looking back generation to generation to generation. And we can see all the way back to the beginning when Jesus and his disciples went out and started healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's just beautiful to see how that lineage leads up to today, to your experience. Mm-hmm. And we can certainly look back and see all of the healings and all the sufferings that happened. Like, look at right. the first martyr, St. Stephen, like full of arrows, you know, that's mm-hmm. and look back and see. I think he was stoned. Uh, oh. St. <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian with arrows. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, St. Stephen being stoned. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so we can look all the way back to the beginning and see right. the beautiful, you know, the um, the friend being layered lowered down through the roof mm-hmm. and the first martyr being stoned. It's just this mystery right. that's intertwined all the way back to the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that being said, Margaret, yes. would you like to take us to some more uh, miracles of the day? I would. <laughs> and before I explain what a mini miracle is and go into my mini miracle, I just want to say that you talked about the essentiality of community or you talked about mm-hmm. community. And as you're talking about that, all of us is like, it's absolutely essential to our faith journey. And yeah, we basically can't survive without it. And I see that more and more um, and it ties into my mini miracle. So uh, Mm -hmm. mini miracles, this is when we share, uh, you know, a little bit of, or a big way, a little or big way God worked in our lives in the past week or month um, or, you know, recent past. And it can be a little thing. It can be a big thing. It can be a song, a recipe, or it can be God healed my broken arm. So, um, and I will start, um, you know, this whole time I was kind of thinking, you know, Lord, what is my mini miracle? And then Becca, you just kind of inspired the the idea of community is my mini miracle because I live in Alaska. I have no family here. Um, you know, I moved here five years ago and I, I remember being so um, nervous or kind of anxious about the transition to, to reestablishing myself in a part of the world that I'd never been and knew no one literally knew no one. Mm. And I just remember that the first day when I landed and I walked into the church, there was a, a meeting going on at the church and I was kind of just flocked with these women fast forward five years. And I would say, a good chunk of those women were celebrating my birthday, mm. you know, oh. recently. Mm. And, um, you know, even Bernadette made a comment. She's like, I didn't realize, you know, your church community was so thriving and it really has been such a gift to me. And honestly, the only reason that it's my family, it's my Alaska family. So mm-hmm. um, just in Thanksgiving to God for providing me that and continuing to provide me that over these years and growing these relationships. So, Bernadette, mm-hmm. do you have something? I do. And actually, I didn't know Becca's story before coming into the recording tonight. And so I think my mini miracle <clears throat> is quite appropriate. Um, my son, since he was born, we figured out he has a dairy allergy and have tried to reintroduce multiple times in like six month increments. Mm-hmm. And he just hit 
20 months and we are reintroducing dairy again. And like, it's the first time that he's not just having like an immediate horrible reaction and we're able to like proceed with the Mm -hmm. steps of reintroduction. And so I know it's very common for children under two to have dairy allergies and um, to grow out of it by age two or three. Um, But we've just been praying that he's one of those kids and it's really exciting starting to be able to give him some more delicious foods that he's been missing out on. And also, um, yeah, he just feeding him and him eating enough and gaining weight was a huge Mm -hmm. stress and a big struggle for a lot of his life so far. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's just a huge answer to prayer. Mm -hmm. And we're so grateful. Um, And it's not perfect, but like that it's so it's going so differently than how Mm -hmm. it's gone every other time. The fact that we can even like proceed past a couple days without immediately being like, stop. It's it's just wonderful. So yeah. What about you, Paige? So it seems like all of our mini miracles in some way lead back to Becca, (laughs) (laughs) which is a mini miracle in itself. Um, So Christian was on a business trip for a week in Florida and not just like Florida, but Miami, like right outside of Miami. So like very far Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Other other tip of the U.S. (laughs) Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And so he was gone. I was taking care of both of the boys all by myself, which was great. Totally fine. Um, And then he got back on a Saturday night and I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night with the most excruciating food poisoning. And I was basically up all night doing all of the things that food poisoning makes you do. (laughs) And I'm also pregnant. So that was an (laughs) add on to it. And Christian came and he helped me out. And he basically all day Sunday, I was just dead. (laughs) Um, Still Mm. throwing up. Um, And then Monday and Tuesday. I wasn't, you know, it had passed at that point, but I I think because I'm pregnant, it just took me a little bit longer to recover. So I was still pretty nauseous. I had no appetite. I was just still so tired. Mm -hmm. Like it just knocked me off my feet. And I was just so thankful that it was the night Christian got back, you know, Mm -hmm. I was like, I cannot imagine having gone through this with Christian across two countries, basically. (laughs) Um, And, and having to take care of the boys and Christian, he just took care of the boys and everything that they needed. He took care of me and everything I needed. He took care of all of the household work. And I felt so bad because I was like, you just got back from a trip. (laughs) Um, But I was just so thankful. I, I just kept, I had to miss, some really fun things that were happening that weekend. But I was like, I'm just so thankful that Christian is here. Mm -hmm. Like I am just praising God that this waited, (laughs) that I ate the food that I was going to (laughs) eat the night he got back. So yes, that was my mini miracle. Um, What Mm -hmm. about you, Becca? Okay. So go with me because it sounds a little crazy at first, but (laughs) this whole trip I have, I have a disco ball that I got for Christmas. And I was trying to think of this trip driving back down from North Carolina to Texas as something other than it was a lot of like, I had to get out of my own brain of I'm sick. So I have to go home versus I'm going on this pilgrimage, seeing all these people along the way and I'm getting to go home Mm. and be with family while he's like, he's doing all of these things that the Lord is going to do in my heart in the next couple of months. And 
prepare my body for whatever is coming next. So I had to to make this into a celebration and I was, I'm going to name the trip. I'm going to name this road trip where I see all these people. And so I said, I'm just going down to Dallas <laughs> is the name of my, of my trip. So it's just brought me a lot of joy to have this disco ball and take pictures of my friends and their family and some fun thing with the disco ball. I but it. I left it at one of my friend's houses on the way. Oh, no. And I had art. I was too far to go back and get in. I was like, okay, I'll just get another one. I'll have another one sent to one of the houses, pick it up. And I actually, the, I was with my friend Teresa and I got to talk to her class about the healing story kind of just on, they asked a question and it led into it. And I just got to meet her students and got to tell part of the story to those students. Um, And I told her, I called her, I said, Teresa, I left my disco ball. I don't have it with me. I'm just going to, you have to keep it. And she's going to take it into the classroom and it's going to be part of their their classroom. And they're going to get to see this and remember the story and the disco ball and everything. So mm-hmm. even though I was felt like it was tragic that I left the disco ball, I know that the <laughs> Lord is going to do something through this disco ball oh and continue ball. to bring the joy. Nice. Perfect. That's awesome. <laughs> Discoing down to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> That's the name of this episode. Disco down to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Awesome. Well, Becca, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story and your joy and just all of it. Um, So I am going to close this in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Lord God, I thank you for Becca. I thank you for um, her willingness to come on here to share her story, um, to share just all of the suffering that she has gone through over her entire life um, and the trust that she has put in you. Um, And I just pray that this story inspires anyone who might be holding on to anything that is keeping them from fully trusting in you, Lord, any security blankets that they might have. Um, I pray that all of us are able to just reflect upon that, reflect upon Becca's story um, to ask you to enter into that and to pull those security blankets away from us so that you can love us deeper um, and allow us to live the life that you have intended us to live. We ask this all through your name. Amen. 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 Father, amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray, pray for, for us. Pray for us. Woohoo. Awesome. Thanks so Thanks, much, Becca. Becca. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time. <laughs>